things you should know right off the bat. I've had four cups of coffee. I'm a little nervous. Did I mention my name's Chadi? Yeah. Oh, um, this is a podcast for imperfect people, and uh, you should know that uh, I cry in corners. True story. family, this next series of episodes of the podcast are going to be the messages I've been preaching uh, over the last uh, 2022, 2023 uh, here in my home church, Hope St. Pete. Uh, I pray that they bless you. I pray that they, I pray that they inspire you in your faith, grow you in your faith, and grow you in your feelings. Yep. Okay. Love you. Bye. And so as we began to plan what this Behold series was going to look like, It was, God, what do you want to say in this miracle season? Because we believe as a family, as a church, God didn't just do that then because he doesn't want to do it now. We're watching God move miraculously in our family and in our church even now. Even now we're watching God move. And so we began to say, God, what do you want to show us in this season? This series that we are strategically in are all the things that we want to behold that maybe you haven't seen before. The first week we talked about the details, which keeps our focus sharp. See, when you focus on the details, when you behold the details of the Christmas story, what happens is your focus turns off on on all the presents and all the family and all the drama and gets put back on God. And when the second week we talked about the miracles, not the big Red Sea type miracles, but the mundane miracles, the miracles that happen to those that no one sees. That keeps our hope alive. Man, miracles keep our hope alive. Hope that God's going to continue to move and shift and change things for us. And then last week, Stavon did such a beautiful job where he talked about obedience. And obedience keeps our path straight. We talked about the details, the miracles, the obedience. And those things keep us moving forward. But today we're going to talk about the field. We're going to talk about the shepherds. See, the field is the place God currently has you loving and taking care of your people. Only you know what that field looks like. Only you do, and the Holy Spirit. And what the field does is it keeps your heart aligned to God's purposes and God's heart, which is people. So what we want to see and what we want to behold today is the field. So let's pray, and then I'm going to jump right in. Lord, we love you. There is none like you. God, we thank you for your word. It is living, and it is, God, it is alive, and it is breathing, God. And we just ask you that this revelation be your revelation and not my revelation, that these words be your words and not my words. Lord, I pray that every single person, from the sound of my voice, whether they're in the building or they're going to watch later online, Father God, that they would feel impacted to see things the way you see them to see every detail, to see every mundane moment as a miracle. Father God, to see every moment that you ask us to go and move and obey as a miracle in itself, God, and as a privilege as your people, as your bride and as your house and as your community. Lord, let us today see the fields that you have put us in. God, that we would sow well, that we would reap well. God, that we would toil the soil well. In Jesus' mighty name I pray, we all say, amen. Okay, so... Um, usually I, I pace like a lion, but today I'm going to try to stay right here because I'm very accident prone. <sighs> One time I um, <clears throat> knocked myself unconscious while vacuum cleaning. 
Mm-hmm. And so we're going to stay right here. This feels right. This feels right. Okay, so <laughs> I'm going to start in Luke 2, 8 through 20. And so I want to do this a little differently today. What I'm going to do is I'm going to read the text, and then I'm going to give you exactly what I felt like God was giving me out of the text. So I'm going to read a little bit and stop. Read a little bit and stop. But we're going to read all of Luke 2, 8 through 20. So if you didn't read your Bible this week, don't worry. Just look at this guy Bible. We're going to go ahead and just move through it. Here we go. Nearby, in the fields, outside of Bethlehem, also, I'm reading it from the voice translation. It's, not a, it's, it's a real translation that speaks in more of a story. So if, if there's anybody in the room that like really struggles with reading the Bible, or you need a Bible that feels a little bit more storytelling, it gives a lot of historic context, the voice translation is a great translation. Just thought I should throw it out there. It completely changed how I see and read the Bible, and I just really love this translation. So throwing it out there. If they want to give me a couple free Bibles, I won't be mad. Okay. Nearby, in the fields, outside of Bethlehem, a group of shepherds were guarding their flocks from predators in the darkness of night. I'm going to read that again. Nearby, in the fields, outside of Bethlehem, a group of shepherds were guarding their flocks from predators in the darkness of night. Now, just here's a little context. Jesus was born in the city of Bethlehem. Bethlehem is where they actually kept the sheep and where they nurtured the sheep that would one day be a sacrifice. They weren't just regular sheep in the field. They were sheep that would one day become a sacrifice. Jesus was born in the city that kept the sheep that would one day become a sacrifice. That's pretty cool. I think that's dope. Anyways, just thought I'd share that little context. You're welcome. And so here we are. These shepherds, they're not just watching any old sheep. They're watching very important sheep. And as we read this story, you're like, why is this even the Bible? Like, cool, they're watching sheep. It's kind of scary bear. Like, what is happening? These were very important shepherds doing a very important job. And I think right here, I feel like the text is telling us that every time you're in a field and every time God asks you to watch people, it's an important job. Because you don't know what they've sacrificed. You don't know what they have gone through. Every single person you encounter is like one of these sheep. And God wants to use their life. And you get the opportunity to love them. But the first thing I wanted, I wanted to pull out of the text here, it says they were guarding their flocks from predators in the darkness of night. They were actively shepherding. Actively shepherding. You are being asked as followers of Jesus Christ to actively shepherd your field. Chadi, what field? Your home. Your jobs the things that God has given you to put your hand to. This week, uh, the Lord told me to shepherd my field. I really wanted to sit in this text. I really wanted to add a bunch of things and read what it is in the Greek and read what it said in the Hebrew. And I wanted to do what I normally do and deep dive into the text. And the Lord said, why don't you just be with your family? So I did. We went and saw Avatar, which was amazing. I cried through the whole thing. Uh, we went to um, the Walmart of theme parks, Bush Gardens, and it was, it was fun. It was the worst situation ever. Like, it's literally the worst. Um, there were no animals. Where are the animals? Guys, where are the animals? There were none. There were no animals. Little kids were running around going, what is this? This is the worst. Like, little kids were. It's bad. It was bad. But it was so much fun because I was with my people in the field. It didn't matter that it was dark and scary. <laughs> and I think about that with these shepherds. It says that they were guarding the guarding them from predators in the darkness of night. Even when it's dark, even when there's predators, are you actively shepherding your people and loving your family and loving the situation? And Yeah, Chadi, loving the situation? Yes, absolutely. 
Can you have gratitude in a situation that is dark and smelly and full of weird sheep? Can you love people in the midst of all of it? Because what they were doing was actively shepherding. And I believe this Christmas, God's like, cool, cool with the presents, cool, cool with everything else. But do you really love your family that are there? Are you tolerating them? And so we find the first thing out of the gate is that we need to be actively shepherding. Suddenly a messenger of the Lord stood in front of them, and the darkness was replaced by a glorious light, the shining light of God's glory. They were terrified, as anyone would be. And the messenger said, don't be afraid. Listen, I bring good news, news of great joy, news that will affect all people everywhere. Today in the city of David, a liberator has been born for you. <laughs> he is the promised anointed one, the supreme authority. You will know, you will... Oh my gosh, you will know you have found him when you see a baby wrapped in a blanket, lying in a feeding trough. So this angel, he's been busy. He has seen Elizabeth, or Zacharias, and he has seen Mary. He went and saw Joseph, and now he has showed up yet again in a field with a bunch of dudes that are smelly. Like they have been running 90 minutes in the World Cup. It ain't pretty, and they're there. And they're terrified. The first point I wanted to make sure is that you understand that active shepherding encounters God's glory in the field. Some of you are walking through your situation and you're wondering why you don't feel the presence of God, why you don't feel the glory of God, why you don't feel God in your current situation. It's because you're not actively shepherding anything. You're not even actively shepherding yourself. Chadi, this is not a nice Christmas message. Look, man, how you end one season is how you walk into the next. And I need you to be chasing Jesus with everything that you are. Sunday is not meant to be uh, just a us hang out and it's like a little community thing. Oh, someone's pearl. That feels nice. Hold on. That could be someone's later. Here you go. Sorry, Jen. It'll, you'll find it later. Sorry, I have to move. You, I, that felt scary. All that to say that active shepherding, guys, you need to be doing it because you are a believer. You are an image bearer of the living God. It's who we are. It's what we're meant to do. We're actually meant to be kind to people. We're actually meant to like love Jesus with all that we are. And during this Christmas season, we should be the ones that love people the most. We should be the ones that stand out and that are kind. What does this even look like? I love this. He said, messenger said, don't be afraid. God's glory makes you brave. You ever just been brave for no reason? All of a sudden, you're just like, I feel like, you know what made me feel brave? When they told us to move here, and I did not want to. I don't want to leave my family. I love Duval County. I can't yell Duval anywhere else. I, it sounds weird here. It's weird. In Jacksonville, not so much. 904. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's like, I don't even know what to do with my hands. I don't like, you know, like I had to become a baseball fan. Like it got weird. It's been weird. But when you do what God has asked you to do, you become brave. All of a sudden, it doesn't feel scary to buy a house here. All of a sudden, it doesn't feel scary to trust new friends. It doesn't feel scary to start sisterhood. It doesn't feel scary to start doing the things that we're doing. And then we see God continue to move. The other thing that's cool is that um, the glory of God teaches us how to listen. He said, don't be afraid. Listen. When you're in the field and it's dark and there are predators, man, you better be listening. God's glory also gives good news. Oh, aren't you glad that God's presence gives us good news? Yeah. Chadi, you've given us nine points. I know there's a lot to this. But I'm sorry. This is what the Lord gave me and I'm giving it to you. So 
Active shepherding encounters God's glory in the field. And God's glory makes you brave. It teaches you how to listen. And God's glory gives you good news. Isn't that good? Thank you, Brian. And the guy online that just high-fived me. At the moment, the first heavenly messenger was joined by thousands of other messengers, a vast heavenly choir that praised God. Heavenly choir says, to the highest of heights of the universe, glory to God. Oh, my God, I would have, like, you know, if I had a a time machine, that's probably where I would go back. I would want to see that. I would want to be terrified in the field. Right? Wouldn't that be dope? And on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. And as soon as the heavenly messengers disappeared into the heavens, the shepherds were buzzing with conversation. Let's rush down to Bethlehem right now. Let's see what's happening. Let's experience what the Lord has told us about. So they ran into town, and eventually they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a feeding trough where they saw the babies. Point two, active shepherding experiences hope in their field. If you're wondering why you don't have any hope in your field, it's because uh, hope is found in community, hope worships, and hope sticks. I'm going to say it again. Hope is found in community, hope worships, and hope sticks. Hope sticks like Cheetos on your finger. You ever eaten Cheetos and you're embarrassed about it because it happened at work and you don't want anybody to know it and it's too late because now your fingers are orange? No, just me that one time, it's fine. But what I'm trying to explain to you is that here we are, we find the shepherds, they have encountered the glory of God, they are actively shepherding, and in response, they are filled with hope, buzzing with conversation, filled with hope. Some of us are walking around here, and we're not filled with hope. And that's okay. You're allowed to have a moment. You just can't stay there. There's too many sheep around that need you. There are too many others around that need your smile and your kindness and the light that God has in your life. I'm going to repeat this again. Hope is found in community. Here we go. We see the shepherds. They rush together and they're like, let's go to Bethlehem. Community is important. You know this because you're here today. Hope worships. Oh my gosh, they were like, this is amazing. Look what he's doing. Glory to God. And then it sticks it sticks. Have you ever been around somebody where you're just like, I don't know what they have, but I want it? Yeah? yeah? Thanks, B. God, I love you. You're such a good person. You don't know, he's always yelling at me, making me feel like I'm a better preacher than I am. Thank you. Um, it sticks. Uh, you know who, like, I always think of um, Pastor Jen and her sea blue eyes that stare into my soul. And so <laughs> when I met her, like, I had never encountered somebody who, when they stare at you, you know they're looking into your soul, and they're really listening, and you're hoping that no, God's not speaking to them about you. Like, they, like, you ever met somebody who's like that? And then, like, the more you get to know Pastor Jen, you realize it's because she genuinely cares about people. And such, she's a shepherd. She is, like, the equivalent epitome of what I believe, one of these shepherds taking care of people in the darkness. I believe that's who the Jennings are. And so, Jen, when she looks at you with the sea and the eyes and the soul, what happens is you immediately know whatever she has you want right so it makes me want to be around her when people are around you do they want to be around you like that or do they go oh god they walked in the room don't look I'm Hispanic Hispanic people don't like seeing other people they know and they turn around and run away I don't know what this is it's like ingrained in us I don't know if this is like a cultural thing what happens is I will be in a mall and I will see somebody that I know who I could very much like and I don't know why But my first response is always like, oh, my God. Haley, I'm going to use you because I have eye contact. It's Haley. Let's go. And Esteban will be like, do you owe her money? And I'll be like, no. 
where are you going? And then it's like, I have to snap out of it. And he's like, everything's fine. You're going to be fine. We're going to say hi to people. I don't, I, I've been doing this since I was 14. He all, since we were 14 years old, I've known my husband. And he's always said the same thing. Do you owe that person money? No. What is wrong with you? I'm like, I don't know. Hide. I'm like, hiding. I don't know what's up. I don't know what that is. <laughs> is that what people treat? Is that what people do when they see you? Or do they just run to you because they want to hug? because they want to see you, because they want to talk to you, because they want to encounter the Jesus and the hope that you carry. I hope in my heart that as a community, when people encounter us, that what they want is just to be around us. Man, them liberty people, every time I get around them, I feel liberty. (laughs) Every time I get around them, I feel hope. Every time I get around them, it's like, I don't know, it kind of feels like Jesus walked in the room. Chadi, that's a lot. Nah, it's not. It's it's the kingdom. It's what the family of God should be like. It's what the bride of Christ should be like. It should be walking into a room and things change. It should be walking into the room and the devil's shake. It should be walking into the room and hope fills the room. The presence of God fills the room. The baby leaps because the baby knew. That's how it should be. They spread the story of what they had experienced. Verse 17. And what had been said to them about the child. Everyone who heard their story couldn't stop thinking about its meaning. Mary too pondered all of the events and treasuring each memory in her heart. The shepherds returned to their flocks praising God for all they had seen and heard. And they glorified God for the way the experience had unfolded. Just as the heavenly messenger had predicted. I love this. They spread the story of what they had experienced, not of what they think you should have experienced, not of what they think you're doing wrong. We as Christians during Christmas, um, we get weird, don't we? Or not we, not you guys, other people. And so I feel like Christians during Christmas are just like, don't take Christ out of Christmas. Oh my gosh, the red cups at Starbucks a few years ago. Do you remember the red stucks? Okay, so a couple years ago, you're too young to remember this. Don't nod your head no. I immediately I saw the face and I was like, I'm 41. And so what happened is about 10 years ago, Starbucks, which I just went and had two this morning, they took all the Christmas stuff off of the Christmas cup and made it red. And all the Facebook Christians went nuts. It was like the rapture had happened and left them. They did not know what to do. And they went to Facebook and told everyone about Starbucks. Man, it's a coffee company, guys. It's not the kingdom. What are we doing? What are we doing? During Christmas, it feels like what we do is we start telling everybody about how they should be experiencing the gospel instead of living out the gospel. And so what we do is we see these active shepherds sharing the good news in the field, but how they do it is by sharing their experience. Do people know you're a Christian because of all the good things that you do or all the bad things that they should be doing? Or do you go, man, I just experienced God this weekend. It was so awesome. I was just in worship, and I just felt like the peace of God. It was cool. I don't even know. It was awesome. I was just walked in. Man, I got a promotion. And like, do you even share the good news? Because it's so good. It's so good that it needs to be shared. And so the other thing is they shared what they heard. What are you listening to? Are you listening to worship music? Are you sharing our sermons or somebody else who preaches way better? You should. I do it all the time. I share sermons to people. Um, some of our Eckerd girlies, 
I have an ongoing phone call with one of our Eckerd girlies why she's gone. And so I'm going to send her uh, Spotify lists and, um, and, 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 and uh, uh, sermons that I love and podcasts that I love because I want her to be ingesting good things. Yeah. Are you sharing the good news even with your family? Yeah. Or are you telling your family how they don't know the good news? The other thing that I love so much about this is it says they were praising God for all they had seen and heard, and they glorified God for the way the experience had unfolded. Man, how much of, Christians, we don't like the way things unfold. If it doesn't unfold in a comfortable way that is good for us and good for our schedule and good for our uh, activities, we just don't take part in it. Right? Isn't it sad, Bear? Isn't it sad, Bear? Doesn't it make you just want to be better? Like, not you guys. You guys are great. I'm just saying, like, in general, in the big C church, it makes me super sad that I feel like sometimes people don't like the way things unfold. Life is not meant to be fair. It's meant to grow us. Life isn't going to be easy. It's going to grow us. Someone once told me, because uh, I, I don't, I, in my early years, I did not deal, adult years, I did not do change well change would trigger things in me, uh, remind me of when I was a kid and we'd have to get up and move. And it just, I just didn't do change well. I would just like really struggle. And she looked at me one time and she said, Chadi, you know, change is the byproduct of growth. And if you don't want to grow, then you'll always stay the same. And that's why I love that they, ex- they loved the way, they actually glorified God in the way the thing unfolded. Some of you guys are in situations and things are unfolding and you don't really like it. I want you to stop next time that happens and just say, thank you, God, that this unfolded in whatever way it unfolded, Lord, that you're still good and you're still God. So much so, Lord, I'm going to continue to worship you and I'm going to continue to share the good news and not because of the way I see it, but because of the way I've experienced it. Amen? Amen. So we share, our, we share our experiences and what we've seen and what we've heard. And I love this so much. It says that they went back to their field. You know, uh, our very first January service is going to be church in our homes. Not because we don't want to have a service or because we don't have something prepared. I know some of you were like, they want a week off. No, no, we don't actually. But because we believe that attending church is awesome, but being the church is even better. And so we as a family, we prayed about it, we talked about it. What we'd really want to do before we kick off a 21-day fast with our church is that we wanted to bring the focus back to your field. And so what we're going to do is we're going to do church online. We're going to prepare a couple songs that you're going to have seen over the last couple weeks. Uh, Pastor Esteban is going to preach about what it looks like to really reset our hearts and our minds for the new year. And we're hoping that you wake up the morning of January 1st Preferably not at 12 o'clock. I don't know what you guys do the night before. May the Lord bless your ministry. And then what happens, and you watch church with your family and your friends in your matching pajamas that you got for Christmas. And you have brunch, and you drink mimosas. I don't know. I don't know what your life looks like. I don't know if it's a lot more orange juice and champagne. I don't know. I'm just saying. My goal is that you sit around with your family and your friends, and you invite people over, and you start your year in your field. Because there are going to be days where we're having church, but the field is a muck. It's a mess. God doesn't want you coming to church if church at home is a problem. He wants you 
focused on your very first ministry, which is your family. We're supposed to just build community so that you can have all those good things. That's what Sundays are for. Sundays are just like a, I don't know, like an update. How you doing? Everything good? Okay, you doing it? I like that song you sang. But the home is the first church. And so that's why we're doing church in your home the very first January. That would be a good time for you guys to call each other and say, hey, we're going to ransack your house and bring in brunch. You guys are cheating because you live right next door to each other. But that would be a great time. But this is the time that you call your friends and you start inviting people. And so Memorial Day weekend, we're doing church at the beach. Yep, yep, we're going to do that. That's going to be fun. We're going to have a community day. We're going to rent out one of those thingies. And uh, we're going to go to the beach. And we're going to have church in the morning. And then we're going to have a community day and just hang out at the beach. And we have other things like that that we're planning for the whole year. I'd love to do church in the park again. See how God brings things around. Because church in the building is fantastic. But church in the field is what we're called to be. Amen? Amen. So something I just wanted before I close, I just, I just wanted to share a, um, a testimony, something Esteban shared this morning. Um, and just, I just wanted to personally say thank you for investing in our field. We've done a lot this year. Um, we've, we've done a lot for people this year, and it's been incredible um, to be a part of. It's a little over, overwhelming to know what your giving has done, the, how much it's blessed people um, with home appliances and beds. And um, somebody gave so much recently that it covers our benevolence for the rest of the year, and not this coming year, the next one. So 2023 is covered. And so I just wanted to say thank you for those of you that give every week, your giving is impacting our city. It's impacting our community. And so for those that are like, well, Chadi, I don't give. Well, you have your time and your talent you can give. You can join a team. I know that not everybody will be able to give financially to the kingdom. And that's okay. I remember there was a season where Stamon and I didn't have two pennies to rub together. <laughs> I remember I, got a red, I went to get a red box and my card got declined. Yeah, those things are $1.99, fam. <laughs> you, ever, you ever got something declined so bad that you have to lie and say the machine's broken? Be like, oh, it's broken. None of these movies work. And the lady's like, that's weird. I just got three movies. Um, but I know what it's like to not have that. And now I know what it's like to be a giving family. So some of you, I just pray. My ask is this. As we head into the new year, pray about what you want to give for the year to come whether it's going to be just the normal old school church 10% or whether you're one of those families that can give more. Um, I know that there's a lot of weird things around giving. We know. We've been in the church for 20 years. There's a lot, I got a lot of hang-ups. But Esteban and I are more than welcome to sit down, have you come over to the house, and we would love to have a conversation with you about what that looks like to truly give to our community. And so I just wanted, before we even went into the last little part of this, to say thank you on behalf of Esteban and I, on behalf of the Jennings, on behalf of every person we've been able to bless from little things like buying lunches to big things. And so we might be small, but we are mighty. And God has done a lot, so thank you. So my final question is, 
What does your field look like? Who is in your field? And are you actively shepherding you and your crew from predators in the darkness of night? Because the reality of the situation is there are a lot of predators. <laughs> predators, all of those. <laughs> you know, that want to take your joy and take your hope and take your peace. But joy came to the world. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening uh, to the podcast. I hope that this message inspired you and that you leave, um, I don't know, encouraged. Encouraged to continue to make Jesus famous in your world. And uh, yeah, just know I'm praying for you and I'm thankful for you. And uh, let's, um, I don't know, stay in touch. Send me a DM. Let me know how this message blessed you. And um, if you could be so kind, uh, leave me a review on the podcast. Uh, So whether it's on Apple or whether it's Spotify, I'd love to hear from you. All right, guys. uh, I'll talk to you later. Love you, weirdos.